Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Glad you're with us today on On Demand. I'm a big On Demand fan because On Demand is cool. You can watch it when you want to. You get the word when you please. So today we're going to take a turn. We're going to talk about something brand new. It's called the new wine of prosperity. It's not about giving money in this sermon. It's about how to build wealth so you have money to give. A lot of people ask you to give, but sometimes the biggest problem is they never taught you how to build wealth. And so the Bible gives some good insights, some things that will help you think through four steps that will help you get yourself moving in the right direction financially. So stay with me. It's going to be fun. Stay right here on demand. And let me tell you something, friend. This is going to be so good, you might send it to somebody. So stay right there. Enjoy today's message. I want to share a message today that is not often shared in church. And uh, it's a topic that I think is really important especially when you're going through economic crisis like we're facing in our country and people are being challenged all over the place. There's something that I think gets away from us. Uh, the, the whole conversation this year uh, is centered in our church around a theme. It's called how to live in a new world. And there are several things you have to learn to do if you're going to live in a new world. One of them, I said, is you have to have good home training. You have to have the ability to look at your life and say, Hmm. There are moments when I'm going to be alone. There are moments when I'm not going to have anybody around. I'm going to be isolated. And then there are moments when I have to have priorities that are in place. I cannot just let my life float around. I got to say this goes before that. There are moments in my life when I have to say to myself, this is wise and that is unwise. And there are moments in my life when I've got to say, no, I just can't do that. That's called what I what I call good home training. My mom was big on that. Boy, make sure you do what's right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't lie. She's big on don't lie. If you lie, you steal. You ever heard that? Yeah, she's big on that one. Don't lie. Don't steal. And don't you lie to me. And she said, you won't get in trouble if you tell me the truth, but you'll get in a whole bunch of trouble if you lie to me. And that was proven to be true once or twice. And that was the end of that for lying because she didn't play lying. She didn't like it at all. Tell the truth. And so I've, I've learned over the years the power of certain things. So today's topic is going to take us down another road. So we talked about the first part of our annual series. I talked about the importance of having good home training and those four elements were a part of it. You know, now I want us to take a step and I want to talk about a second thing. So if you're going to have a good life, if you're going to learn how to live in this new world, you got to have good home training. And secondly, you have to have, you ready, a handle on your money. You've got to have a handle on wealth. And so I call this the new wine of prosperity. In our previous um, series, I talked to you from a text. And it's a text that dealt with the idea that Jesus called us to new wine and new wineskins. Let me read it for you. It's a great text that has a lot of powerful truth in it. This is from uh, the book. Um, there are a couple of verses we're going to read today. One's going to be in Luke 14, and the other one's going to be in Mark chapter 2. So let me start in Mark 2 for a minute. I'm going to come back to my Luke verse for you. Mark chapter 2. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth and old, on an old garment. Otherwise, the new pieces will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into new old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they put new wine into new wineskins. That is what, something I want you to think about. New wine and new wineskins. We're living in a new world, and you have to learn how to adjust to the new world. There's something that I wrote that I wanted you to just see again. It's a quote, I, my personal little statement. This is what I wrote to you. This is a few weeks ago. 
The world around us is changing. The question is, can you see beyond the mental barriers and leap across your own philosophical hindrances to your wealth development? There are things that can get in your way that can stop you from seeing what's new. There, there are new realities that you can be blocked, be blocked from seeing simply because of the way you think, which takes me to another quote I gave you several weeks ago that I want to remind you of. It's from a book called A Whole New Mind by David Pink, Daniel Pink, I'm sorry, I was getting his name wrong. <laughs> Daniel is his name. And he said something I want to put on the screen. I want you to listen to what he said. He said, the ability to make big leaps of thought is a common denominator among the originators of breakthrough ideas. Usually this ability resides in people with very wide backgrounds and multidisciplinary minds and a broad spectrum of experiences. Boundary crossers reject either or choices and seek multiple options and blended solutions. Now that to me is a profound statement. Boundary crossers. I love that. Reject either or choices and seek multiple options and blended solutions. Some of you have life issues that you're struggling with and you're trying to sort them out, but you have not sat down and really looked at your life and really come to a true summary of where you are, especially when it comes to your money and your wealth and your resources and where you are. You, you have, you have, you have, and I think, I think Christians go through this. They go through this thing where they, they have this challenge with certain conversations. And, and in my personal view, uh, when it comes to money, when it comes to talking about your finances, churches are just not a good place to go. We talk to you about giving money. And I want to say this up front. This series is not about that. I, I want you to give. You know, those of you who, are, who honor God in our church and give and God bless you. You keep it rolling and you help us do what we do. But be clear about this. Uh, giving is uh, is an important message. But when you talk about prosperity in church, normally they're trying to get you to give to them. They're not trying to help you build uh, wealth. Uh, they teach you to tithe, which is I'm a big believer in it. As a matter of fact, uh, just as a sidebar note, I, I'm a big giver, big tither. Um, and I'm married to Diane. That helps. Uh, when I got married, uh, I was about an 80 percenter. OK, sometimes a 70 percenter tither. You know, I would. If I got a dollar, you know, if I made a hundred dollars, I'd give God ten dollars of that money. That's what a tithe. The word tithe means tenth, by the way. And um, and then we don't we're not going to go through the whole Bible study on that. But I believe the Bible teaches and it was part of Israel's culture. It was part of uh, there was always a percentage, a number given. Now, there are a lot of people I don't believe in tithe and that's fine. It's OK. But I, I, I think that there's people don't always know where to start. And there is a, a marker he laid down. He says, I want you to. I want you to put me first. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of your increase. You know, the Bible is real clear about the importance of honoring God. So, so I was about a 70, 80 percenter when I got married. And I was, you know, a minister, you know, preaching and stuff. But I felt this way. They don't need my money all the time. My $50, I need that. They, they, the church I went to was a big church, and I thought, they don't need my money. They, they take in millions of dollars. They don't need my $50. And it wasn't about them needing my money. It was me about, about me honoring God, that when I get money, I honor him. First, he's the first check I write. And I still do that today. When I get paid, first thing I do, before I give any money out to anything else, I honor God. 
But here's the problem with tithing. You ready? Hang, hang with me. The problem is if you're tight all the time, if your income is on the 10th floor, okay, and your expenses are on the ninth and a half floor, you don't have much space. When a person has a problem saving, tithing, giving, there's a bigger issue. Your wealth is at risk. We need to talk about where you are. Why, why, are you, why is your income on the 10th floor? Okay? I, love, I love this analogy. It helps me. And your expenses on the 12th floor. Why? why? And then you pay off everything and you, and you still live that way. Why, why can't your income be on the 10th floor and your expenses on the 7th? or the sixth or the fifth floor. And I want to say this to, to pastors. Most churches live like that. And for a season we have, we will spend in our money because God said help people. And so every time God gives us a million dollars, we go spend 999000 of it. You just got to spend and go and do and, and conferences and everybody and guest speakers and guest guests and traveling here. And you just, you didn't, you didn't have a conviction and most churches don't have a conviction about saving. As a matter of fact, they think it's a sign of a lack of faith, that we walk by faith and not by sight. That means you don't have any wealth. So you, you're building rich, but cash poor. So if you have a problem, which we'll talk about later on, you can't solve it. And that is not God's will. As a matter of fact, God is big on getting us to count. So here's my second verse of the day. You ready? Luke chapter, chapter 14. Look at chapter 14, verse 28. Here's what it says. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. You want to build something. Won't you first, 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 first sit down, down, down and estimate the cost to see, to see, big word, if, if you have enough, 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 right? Money to complete it. Verse 29. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and was not able to finish it. Think about those words. Build, sit down first, first, first. If I can get it to echo, I would go first, 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 first. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you really... Christians have this thing where they think it's, there's something wrong with stopping. They get an idea and then they run with it. I'm thinking about doing a series in, in the book of Ezekiel. I love chapter 13. And it talks about people prophesying out of their own hearts, making stuff up as they go. A lot of things people are saying God told them to do, God told them to spend. It, it wasn't God. Remember, we've done it. I've, I've done it. I thought God was wanting us to build this big old building that was going to, you know, millions of dollars. I was excited about it. I thought this was God, you know, and I'm glad we didn't. We bought land instead. Smart. We bought land. We, we bought up all the land around us and bought some other other assets. But we did not we did not we did not spend almost 20 million dollars on the building. And I'm glad we didn't, because if we had in this season, it would have been a problem would have been a big problem. And I, I believe that sometimes you, you don't have the wealth to do what you say and you're not honest enough. And there's no one in your life that makes you sit down first and count the cost 
to see if, 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 if you have enough. And so you don't like that process. You, you want yes to everything. You want to do everything. You want to do it now because you want to do it. And so there's this resistance to any kind of oversight, any kind of process, any kind of conversation. And I've learned as a leader, especially a guy with influence, to have people around me that I give the power to process a, a decision and bring me back an idea rather than me just driving everything. And especially when you start hearing people say, the Lord told me, God told me, God spoke, God spoke, these people who scare me. God told me, turn left right there on the corner and the Holy Spirit came upon me and God said, and I know God, God's word and God, God you know, stop all that. Time out. First of all, that's not all God. That's you. you Ezekiel 13. You know, you, it's not you. It's not God. God is not God isn't God like that. That's cultural excitement. That's not God. You need to stop tone all that down. Tone it down. Tone it down. Because here's what the banker's saying. You don't have any money. You don't have any assets. Your credit's zero. You're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit with a low FICO score. And the FICO score is saying you don't pay back. Pause. Don't feel bad. Don't misunderstand my heart and spirit here. It tells a story. OK, well, you don't know my husband. He he was the one who lowered my score. And then I, I bought something and I, you know, and then lost the job. And I understand all that. I understand all that. I get all that. I get all that. I get, OK, it all happened. OK, let's say you have really good reasons. But the bottom line is to steal your score. OK, so we got we got to work on the score. We got to work on getting your score up, getting your money in a better place, getting you in a better, wealthier place. And, and churches aren't focused on that. They're focused on getting you to give. And I'm, I'm saying it's better to have. A, 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 I say this to my church, to you, our church and you, church, you folks have heard me say it. If you're part of our congregation. Broke members equals a broke church, which means all you can do is talk and you can't do anything. And you end up coming up with all these these ways to get get money. And I understand the pressures of it. You know, when you got payroll, you got buildings, you got things to pay for, you know, you, you start seeing God all the time. And I remember I used to think when I first started preaching that when I, well, for years, not just when I first started, that I had to have two sermons every Sunday, one for the offering and then one for the sermon. So I was, you know, I always had to have something I had to come up with. You know, and I was praying and I saw an angel and he had, you know, he, and, and the angel had a had a dollar sign under his wing or something, you know, make up something. I don't know. And you just try to you just you just trying to hold it all together because here. Why? Your income's on the ninth, tenth floor and your expenses are climbing to the 14th floor. See, and and you can't pay people right. You don't pay people right. You don't have benefits. You know, you're, you're a big church. You got big dreams, big visions. But when you get close up on your finances, you don't have any savings. You don't have any reserves. You're living from week to week. You're living from offering to offering. That's not wise living. And that's not wise living for you, your church. It's not good for you. And, and a lot of pastors can't retire. That's why they keep preaching, because they can't they can't stop. They can't afford to stop. But, you know, and, and it's, it's because we never thought about leaving. We never planned to leave. We we have this idea that we're going to be here forever. And that's because we haven't built wealth. That's why it's so important to hear what Jesus said. You can't put new wine with old wineskins. You got to come with new and new. And some of you need that right now in this new world to be to live in this new world we're living in and to go where we're going. You have to look forward and say this experience we've gone through has shown us how much cash we didn't have. And how much how important it was for us 
as a church and as individuals to say, OK, my income's on the 10th floor. I need to get down here by the 8th, 7th. I need to I don't need to be climbing above this number. And I well, Pastor Rick, let me ask you something. Should you ever just take a chance and jump out there? Yeah. And Jesus talked about that. But he said, don't tempt the Lord your God. Right. You don't just jump off the cliff and say, catch me, God. At some point, when are you going to stop? The, if you want to know one of the good things about this season. It made everybody think. And it's making everybody look at everything differently and say, you know what, I need to I need <laughs> I need to get myself in some kind of place where I am not vulnerable like this. There is no need to live. Listen to me in a house that's junky, have a body that's all broken down because you're not willing to eat right and try to try to walk or something. You know, I'm not some big athlete, but I'm trying to keep myself looking decent. I'm trying to work. I'm working on something all the time. And you need to get yourself in a place where you say, I need to have a wealthier life, a more rounded life. And when wealth is not just about money, it's about the whole of your life being rounded. It's about the whole of your life having balance. And in my opinion, the way we were going, the way we were running and ripping and even ministry, ripping and running and not slowing down enough to hear and see we were headed to a bad place. And so I want to talk to you about how you can turn all that around. But I thought it'd be great to give you some stats first, some numbers. Some things that will prove what I'm saying. I want to give you three facts about retirement savings, about retirement income and cash in America. Three things I want to talk about. Now, you know, see what you want me to do is talk about, you know, Peter, Paul and all that. But no, what we're going to do is what Jesus says. Sit down. Let's talk about your retirement right now. Let's talk about that because you won't be able to do what you're doing forever. I am 62 Yes, I am. I cannot do this forever at some point. So I need to be clear that that day will come. So what is my retirement income? How much retirement savings cash do I have? How much cash do I have right now? How, how much money can I put my hand on? Let me show you. You'll find this fascinating. Just hang with me. I promise you this is going to be really informative. Stay with me. Here we go. Retirement savings and income. And the sources I'm going to put up on the screen so you can go look it up yourself if you want to. And it's going to be in the notes. If you want to download our notes, I'll tell you how to do all that uh, on the screen here. So you can see all this information to be really helpful to you. So let me give it to you first of all. Here we go. Retirement savings. More than half of black and Latinx households have no retirement savings at all. Less than a third of white households are without retirement assets. Black and Latinx, that's all Latin folks, um, Mexican, Colombian, everybody. Black and Latinx households who do have savings have less put away towards their retirement. Next point I want to make. The median retirement savings for a white household between the ages of 25 and 61 is $79,500. For Asian Americans, it is $67,025. Black and Latinx households have $29,200 saved. And $23,000 saved for Latinos. $29,000 for black folks and Latinx has $23,000. The current retiree medium income in 2019 was $23,219 for whites compared to $16,000. That's their total income in retirement for blacks and $13,000 for Latinx. And you think about that. Just pause. Just think about that. 
Now, now, I understand that for some, any money is a blessing. I get that. But you know and I know that, especially if you're a Latino and, and, and matter of fact, white folks ain't that much better off. They're better off, but I just want you to see their numbers are not that much better. 23000 is their income for, in retirement compared to 16000 for blacks, compared to 13000 for Latinos, now Latinx. Now, so I want you to think about that. Now, let me move to the next thing I want you to see. Cash for emergencies, how much cash they have, right? Here we go. Some estimate most Americans have enough cash to last for one month. Nearly 40% of Americans who lost a job or had a reduction in take-home pay due to COVID-19 cannot last more than a month on savings of any kind, according to Simply Wise survey. Wow. One month. And that's true for churches, too. One month. And I, I want to say this, and I want to say it in love. I'm in any harm when I say this. Sometimes that's why guys are rushing back in the building. Because they, they, they couldn't go for three weeks, four weeks, a week, two weeks. And then they can't get paid. See, this is why we need to build wealth. This is why we need to allow God to help us breathe, slow down, and do a better job of building long-term wealth. Because without long-term wealth, what's going to happen is we're going to end up without resources, which gets me to my next point, which I don't want to miss. This is like too important, like a big point you don't want to miss. Cash in most homes. You ready? The average American has $3,500 in savings. That's it. $3,500. That's it. $3,500 is what you got. $3,500. And the average household expense is more than that a month, close to $5,000. So that's why they say you can't last a month. So what are you going to do about that? Well, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I know God is going to work it out. Jesus will work it out if you let him. Oh, yes, he'll work it out. Okay, 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 okay. I, I, got, I got all this thing, and I'm there. I'm there. But the Bible said you must seek, you must knock, you must ask. The Bible said that this is your life. You reap what you sow. So why is it then that we have not done better? What can we do about this? There are four things I think you can do. And I'm going to give them to you. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to preach on all four over the next few weeks. But the first one I'm going to talk about a little bit today. And I want you to think about this. This is important. You ready? First thing you need to do is pick a financial destination. Know where you want to go financially. Pick a destination. Decide what you want. No, not, not, what, not God's will. We do this all the time. Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? I love the fact that God looked at Adam and said, you name the animals. You name it. What do you call that? A giraffe? Good. That's what it's going to be called. Use your brain. I want you to think. There's something wrong the way we've raised Christians to believe that they don't have a choice in the matter. That there's no, you have to decide. They came to Jesus right now and Jesus to James and John and their mothers. And he, he said, what do you wish? What do you want? Nothing's going to change until you decide you, you don't want this to be your life. 
And when you decide you want this to be your life, then you have to say, this is my destination. Get in the car and set the GPS. Where do you want to go financially? Name the amount. What do you want to make? What do you need to make? What's the truth? This sermon I was going to call knowing the truth about your money. Because that's what we need to know the truth. And, and I sat down and went through all my resources, went through all of my savings, went through everything I have. And I looked at all that I have and I said, OK, this is what I need to improve on. And these are the things that I can wait for. And these are the things that I need to do first, second and third. This is my long term plan. I even put together a 10 year strategy. You know, I, I, I how long do I pastor? How long can I pastor? How long can I stay? At what point does Ricky Temple have to move on and let somebody else do this? And, and then that day comes. And some of us are just not honest about that. That's why you must build wealth. You must build health, resources, cash, opportunities. You must look at the truth. Do you even know what your retirement income would be today if you retired? Look it up. Look it up. Find out what your Social Security check would be today. You may be 50 years old, but look it up. You need to know where you're headed. Do you know where you're going? You're in the car driving. Christians do this all the time. And they're so spiritual and so love with God and so spiritual. But they're not, they're not very vision driven. They're not specific. So I want you to, number one, ready? Write this down. No, uh, pick a, a financial destination. Number two, drive toward your final destination. Drive toward your financial destination. Drive toward it. This is what I want. Now I need to drive in that direction. I need to... Get in my life, get in my life, get in my car, and I need to set a destination. I need ten thousand more dollars. I need to stabilize these bills. I need to pay off these credit cards. I need to stop living in a credit card culture. I need to stop visiting the pawn shop every two days. <clears throat> Excuse me, Lord Amberst. Man, every I'm, I'm, I mean, they know me by by name. I'm in there all the time bartering. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my car title to the people the title place in here. I'm, I mean, I'm not putting y'all down really not really even though I think a lot of that's predatory and we prey on weak people who are who really would use other options and make different choices if they had to some of us have gotten accustomed to these bad habits and it just it's, it's robbing us of real wealth credit is not wealth it's a tool I use it have used it will use it not afraid of it but I understand that if my income is on the 10th floor and my expenses are on the 12th floor, this is dangerous. So number one, pick a financial destination. Number two, drive toward your financial destination. Ready? Number three, be comfortable with your financial destination. Once you set it, get comfortable. Don't change your mind. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Whenever you start trying to be comfortable with financial success, or, 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 and that's not, again, it's not just money, but in this case, we're talking about money. You, you, have to, you have to realize that everybody around you is not going to be comfortable with it. Some will think you're dreaming too big. Some will think whatever. But you have to learn to be comfortable with what you dream. And if, if it turns out to be prosperous, be comfortable with your prosperity. And I want to say this. That was one of my problems. I wasn't comfortable. Because people mock you. Oh, look at your house. Oh, look at what you're driving. Oh, and you know, and you start trying to hide your car and you try to, you know, you try to wrinkle up your clothes so you don't look neat. You try to let your head get nappy so you can fit in with everybody else. You know, and you if you're not careful. <laughs> OK, you caught that, right? You know, if you're not careful, what, what you do is you, you, you get shame that like they try to fat shame you. Right. People try to shame you because you prosper. Families do it all the time. You know, you go by the house, they, they all make a big deal out of your success. 
And if you're not careful, you get to the point that you're ashamed of it. And you're not comfortable. So you, you don't set big dreams because you don't want anybody to not like you. I see that when kids, you go to school, you don't want to study because you don't want to be the smartest one in the room. Man, you better get over that. Let them all be dumb. You be the smartest one. Do all you can. Learn all you can. Get all the education you can. Don't, don't be intimidated. If your marriage is working because you are treating your husband right, don't let those women, the women whose husband left them tell you what to do. All, they, all them have no men, and they're telling you what to do with your man who's still with you. Listen to them uh, <laughs> if you want to. I mean, I, I just, I'm real clear that there are certain things that just work. And if you can pause your life and say, I need to set a destination. I need to drive in that destination. I need to make sure that I'm comfortable in that destination. And then lastly, I need to tell my family about it. I need to make this a part of our family culture, building wealth, building resources, building stability and fighting together. As a family, when we have a financial issue, we fight together and we care for each other. And we don't abuse each other. We don't borrow money, don't pay back. We don't do things like that. We're in this together. We try to give it to each other if we can, but that's because we trust each other. Your family is, is, a, is a strong foundation for building wealth, but you're too divided to ever build wealth. You'll never get there. So what do you want? What's your dream? I got a lot to say. I do. And I'm telling you right now, you got to sit down first, count the cost up, get real, get honest. And if you're not a, a help in the building the wealth of the family, start. So Pastor Rick, I can't generate money. Clean up. Clean up. Make it easy. And the person who's making the money comes home, it's all clean. Do your part. Cook the dinner. Do your part. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I cook, I clean. I do all I can to help my girl. I did it when I had kids in the house. And I did it when I don't have kids in the house. I want the atmosphere to be right. I want everything to be organized. I want to do all I can to create a wealthy, healthy environment. I want the grass cut. I want everything right. I want the windows clean. I want it to be right. I want, I want to, I like to, I like to go turn down our bed at night. I wanted to get in the bed and feel like a princess. I want to do all I can. Can you focus your mind and hear me today? Let me pray for you. Father, I pray in Jesus name that everything I've said today would bring health and blessing and clarity of vision. Let us rise, I pray today, to a new place of healing and grace, a place in our life where we will rise to a new level of vision and a new level of commitment in Jesus name. Amen. If you were blessed by today's message and it spoke to your life, share it with somebody else. Let this be the beginning part for you. For some of you today, after hearing the message, your question would be, do, do I need to maybe make a decision in my own life, Pastor, that would help build my wealth, my spiritual life, for example? That's a good place to start. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, it says. So why don't you just do this? Let me pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never given your life to Christ, and there are several people every week who hear what I'm saying, and they make a decision. True wealth is not about just having money. It's about having the balance of your life organized, the whole of your life, body, soul, and spirit. And so if your spiritual life is not where it needs to be, it's time for you to make that decision. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those today who've never given their lives to Christ, who've never surrendered their lives to God. 
who live outside of God's will and God's best. May they today say, Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life from this day forward. Let this be that transforming moment where my life will never, ever be the same. And so, God, I give you all the praise and I give you all the glory for the difference you make and for the power of your word in our lives. And I ask you, Lord God, today to let this be the moment they say, I surrendered my life. And not only did I have financial wealth as a dream, but I have spiritual wealth as well. And Jesus made that wealth possible by dying on the cross and giving it to me for free. Because of his sacrifice, I can be spiritually wealthy and grow stronger in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that helped you. I hope that was amazing. I hope you learned some things that will make you say, wow, I didn't know I was so broke. Or I didn't know that everybody was with me. I didn't know that the world was in such a tight spot. What an amazing thought that people wouldn't be able to resolve a four or $500 problem if they had to without using credit. And, and how painful it must be to live in that cycle. And how do I know? I've lived there. I've been in that city before. I understand what it means to not have the money I need to do what I need to do. And some of you right now are there. And so I hope you were blessed by this. If it blessed you, link it and send it to a friend. Send it to somebody and say, you know what? I, I need to share this message because it really is helpful and it really can change your life. The key is for you to realize I need to take these four steps. I need to first sit down and say, where am I going? Set a destination. Got more to talk about next time in the next part of this series. So tune in next time. Part two is going to be even more interesting for you. So I'll see you then. Have a great day. Let me pray for you. Father, prosper them today. Let this be a change of direction in their life. May they open their hearts to see the future differently. And I give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Stay safe. And remember, remember, this is your money we talk about. Build something for yourself, my friend. It's new wine, new wine skins. Come on, a new way to manage your money because you live in a different time. It's new. It's a new season, and it's up to you to take charge of it. God bless you. See you next time. Bye-bye.